If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. The Brian McClanahan Show, episode 463. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Of course, you can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com, B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com, or at Brian McClanahan. It's the best way to find me. Of course, you can also support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. You can give me an email address, and I will give you a free ebook and a free audiobook, Forgotten Founders, a great way for me to keep in touch with you. And you want to be on my email list because that's how I tell you about great things coming up that I've got going on, whether it's at McClanahan Academy, which you already got a advertisement for. Make sure you're doing that as well, because if you're on that email list, you get great coupons. All kinds of great ways to support the show. Of course, the best way to support the show is to rate it wherever you get your podcasts, let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally, and also share it around on social media. Let people know there you're thinking locally and acting locally. All right, let's talk about the topic, and this is a listener-generated episode. I probably received at least two dozen to three dozen emails about this. And that is Juneteenth. Um, The question was, why hadn't I done an episode on this already? Well, because I record these in advance, and that didn't happen until after I'd already recorded everything for the week. So we're going to get to it on Monday, June 21st, first day of summer. And let's talk about Juneteenth. Um, I put out an email, if you're at McClanahan Academy, you got an email about it because I was running a deal there last week. So for my classes... But let's talk about it, and I I think the way to put this quite succinctly is this. First of all, having a holiday to celebrate emancipation is not a bad idea at all. I mean, I I don't think anybody would balk at that Um, if if we're going to be consistent in pushing the idea of liberty being the founding, one of the founding principles of the United States, uh, of the American public. And of course, you know, over time, how that changed. But looking at emancipation or having a Liberty Day, this would be a great thing. Now, you can't just call it Liberty Day because that would be a loaded political term, right? I mean, to do that would imply that all kinds of liberties should be respected. Uh, but certainly, having an Emancipation Day, I don't think anybody really balks at that idea. It's when and how and the why. And I think that's the real issue with Juneteenth. First of all, uh, this is not going to be called Juneteenth. It's, it's National uh, Independence Day. Now, there was a question about that. Why call it National Independence Day? Don't we already have an Independence Day? Well, of course we do. It's July 4th. But now we're calling uh, June 19th National Independence Day. So the question became, well, why are we doing that? In fact, Thomas Massey brought that up. Why don't we call this Emancipation Day? Well, no, 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 because you don't understand. He was immediately shouted down because he's white, right? So, I mean, you can't, he can't have an opinion on this. Uh, and I think that's part of the issue here. This is a loaded political event. And it's designed simply for one reason alone, and that is to push the 1619 Project agenda 
the critical race theory agenda. I mean, this is what they're doing. There's oppressors and oppressed, and this is a celebration of anybody who has been oppressed. What about, I mean, is it, what about uh, indentured servants? I mean, are we going to talk about emancipation for them? Of course, well, no, 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 because they weren't, they weren't slaves. Well, right, I mean, indentured servitude had very much uh, ended by 1865, without question. But when Pennsylvania wrote their constitution, their original state constitution, they actually expanded out uh, the way that indentured servitude could be uh, used. And we know that Ben Franklin was essentially a slave. He was an indentured servant to his brother. So why aren't we talking about that? No, we can't do that, because that would not fit the politically correct agenda that we need to talk about here. So that would be only a certain class of people oppressing another class of people, or one race of people oppressing another race of people. And anyone that's not on board with that is simply not getting the idea. This particular day, and as I wrote in the email, is historically ignorant. It, it doesn't take into account the real end of slavery in the United States, the real emancipation in the United States, and by design, it codifies the righteous cause myth of American history. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit too, because that's also a problem here. You see, by saying June 19th is the official day we celebrate the end of slavery, and this is how the left was writing various headlines and articles about this at first. And uh, Rachel Maddow, I think, um, said something about this on, on, you know, well, I mean, 14 men, 14 white men were opposed to uh, recognizing the end of slavery in the United States. That's not what they were saying. They were saying the day is wrong for recognizing the end of slavery. June 19th did not, is not the day that slavery ended in the United States at all. June 19th, 1865, slavery was not over in the United States. In fact, slavery wasn't over in the United States until December 6th, 1865, or more accurately, December 18th, because that's when the 13th Amendment was finally promulgated. So it was ratified by enough states on December 6th, 1865, and not promulgated until a couple of weeks later. So slavery still existed in the United States until December 6th, 1865. That's, a, that's six months after June 19th, nearly. I mean, December 18th, when it was finally promulgated, six months later, we see the end of slavery. Well, you might say, well, uh, but th there were no slave states at that point. Well, yes, there were. In fact... You still had slavery in Delaware, in Kentucky, and in New Jersey. <laughs> now, Kentucky had slave auctions advertised in newspapers through November of 1865. So that would have been news to those slaves in Kentucky that somehow slavery was over in June of 1865. That, that would have been rather curious to them. Delaware outright rejected the amendment in March of 1865, the 13th Amendment. In fact, did not even ratify it until 1901. So Joe Biden should know better. It's his home state, the Delaware. Uh, slavery didn't end in Delaware in June of 1865. It continued. Now, there were only a couple of thousand slaves in Delaware, uh, but uh, those slaves were still legally in bondage until December of 1865. They weren't covered by the Emancipation Proclamation. And for years, this is the thing about it, for years, the Emancipation Proclamation as every school child know when they knew when they when they were taught this didn't free one slave not one not one slave was freed by the emancipation proclamation and the union army was explicit in this 
They knew it. They knew it didn't free any slaves. In fact, I'm going to read to you a circular in Louisiana from April of 1863. Now, this is four months after Lincoln's already issued the Emancipation Proclamation. The preliminary proclamation was issued in September of 1862. So if you want to go with that date, I mean, here we are now, gosh, what, six months later? Seven months later? I mean, here we are, uh, the Emancipation Proclamation now being issued, and in, in, uh, pre- preliminary. Now, the proclamation was issued in January of 1863, but this is April 24th, 1863, from New Iberia, Louisiana. Quote, The generally received impression that the slaves of this parish are free by force of the presence of the Union Army is erroneous. So, in other words, there's no free slaves here. This parish, St. Martin, is accepted by name in the Emancipation Proclamation of President Lincoln, issued at Washington, D.C., January 1, 1863. No further interference with the institution of slavery will be allowed by the Army authorities than may necessarily result from the, poli- from the police regulations. So the U.S. Army, I mean, slavery still existed in Louisiana in April of 1863, according to the Union Army. United States Army officers are forbidden by law of Congress to use force in the restoration of slaves to masters. So they could not do that. If slaves ran away, if if slaves free from their masters, they must work on government works, receiving, therefore, full rations for full day's work. So if you're going to run away, you're going to be forced into labor for the United States government. We're not going to take care of you any other way. You're going to work. You're going to be forced into work. If you want to run away, come join the Union, well, you're going to work. You're going to be a slave to the Union then. You're going to get paid, but you'll be a slave to the Union. If slaves voluntarily return to their masters, they will not be molested. So if they run away and they come to us and they say, hey, we're we're free now. No, no, you're going to go work on these works. Oh, well, I'm going to go back to the plantation. I don't know how many, I don't have any records of how much of that actually happened, but they would say, okay, go back. You can still go there and, and be a slave if you would like. If masters use force in abducting runaway slaves, the masters will be arrested. If masters inhumanely punish or whip their slaves, they must be arrested. No punishment of slaves will be permitted, except such as are practiced in the army. (laughs) So punishment of slaves could take place if it complied with army regulations. This is from April 1863. Now tell me, and I think this is the interesting part of all this, where is it that somehow slavery ended with the Emancipation Proclamation? But that's the image that we're now all getting. In fact... What's happened with this particular move by the general government to make this day a holiday, as I said, is that we have codified the righteous cause myth of American history, and that is the war was fought to end slavery. Now, what's curious is that as this, uh, people aren't saying this, but it's curious, one month before Lincoln issued his preliminary Emancipation Proclamation in 1862, he wrote this to Horace Greeley. This is August of 1862. Quote, If there be those who would not save the Union unless that they could at the same time save slavery, I do not agree with them. If there be those who would not save the Union unless they could at the same time destroy slavery, I do not agree with them. My paramount object in this struggle is to save the Union and is not either to save or to destroy slavery. If I could save the Union without freeing any slaves, I would do it. 
And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. What I do about slavery and the colored race, I do because I believe it helps to save the Union. And what I forbear, I forbear because I do not believe it it would help to save the Union. So this is a month before he issued the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation, which he had already drafted. So what is Lincoln saying here? My objective is is saving the Union. Not to free slaves, not to end slavery, not to keep slavery. It's to save the Union. And in fact, we know that Lincoln was interested in allowing the Confederate states, at least this is what he told Alexander Stevens, come on back in in January of 1865, come on back in, and y'all can vote down the 13th Amendment. It can be blocked. And we can talk about you know, possibly extending slavery into the 1890s if you'll just come back in the Union. Lincoln's objective, even in 1865, was saving the Union. And there was some speculation that had Lincoln survived April of 1865, he was trying to put together an old Whig coalition that would have worked to essentially defeat the radicals on both sides. He was going to try to create some type of centrist political coalition with people like Alexander H. Stevens as part of it. But Lincoln was not interested in 1863 of ending slavery. If he was, he would have certainly pursued it outside of the Emancipation Proclamation. Well, he did, actually. He went to Delaware and said, hey, can we end slavery in Delaware? And he went to the largest slaveholder in the state of Delaware, who, in fact, was a Republican, and said, what would it take? So he came back with some numbers, submitted them to Lincoln through a surrogate, submitted them to Lincoln. Lincoln got it to Congress, and Congress said, no, we're not doing that. We're not compensating any slave owners. That was Lincoln's plan. Well, let's compensate slave owners. What Lincoln's plan was also, let's uh, colonize former slaves and send them back to Africa. In fact, he was still working on this, or at least entertaining the idea, until the day he died. So this idea of Juneteenth, and you see it all over the place now, it's codifying the righteous cause myth that the war was there to end slavery, and somehow the Emancipation Proclamation ended slavery. It didn't. Now, what's interesting as these articles, the left starts backtracking almost immediately because they realize, oops, we've made a mistake here. We've made a mistake. The Emancipation Proclamation didn't end slavery. Slavery didn't end on June 19, 1865. So we'll have to say, well, I mean, but you know, this is when this has been a holiday in Texas for a long time and other states, they've recognized it. So it could just kind of be a de facto or just kind of a day we assign to celebrate the end of slavery because they realize that June 19th is irrelevant in the end of slavery. It it didn't it doesn't mean anything. It's not a historically relevant date. So you see it. Right after Juneteenth signed into law, very quickly, by the way, I mean, not really much discussion on this, it signed into law, and then, oh, this is to celebrate the day the slavery ended in the United States. Oh, wait a second. Oh, but it didn't. So let's try to spin this the best we can to make it work. That's the whole point, spinning it to make it work. In fact, I saw a conservative, uh, and when I say this codifies the righteous cause myth of America, I saw a conservative on uh, social media say, I'm going to celebrate this by, by watching Glory or The Free State of Jones, which are both distortions of history. Uh, Glory is a, I mean, it's the film itself, the acting is tremendous. I mean, there are some things that Glory gets right, but certainly a good part of it, it's wrong. The righteous cause myth is just saturating it. 
Um, it also shows, you know, the injustice that was committed on uh, Southern property in South Carolina during the war. I mean, there are things that it gets right. Uh, the Free State of Jones is just absolutely awful historically, um, and that is a whole other topic. But, I mean, so here we go. Well, we're going to watch these movies to celebrate Juneteenth, right? Um, because somehow the war was fought to end slavery. Now, we know that ending slavery became a byproduct of the war because we got the 13th Amendment. Now, this brings up another point, and I, this is why the left cannot support saying slavery, we should have uh, Emancipation Day or someday celebrating the end of slavery with the ratification of the 13th Amendment. They can't do it. And they can't do it because they work themselves into that corner. And they work themselves into that corner because of 2018 and because of some things they were doing before that. And that's because the left ran a narrative for years that the 13th Amendment didn't abolish slavery. You see, this was their narrative. The 13th Amendment didn't abolish slavery. We can't even celebrate the 13th Amendment. Why? Because of the convict labor system that arose because of it. And there was a, uh, there's a Twitter, a Twitter historian that I know from graduate school who was in a video about this. And uh, I don't know what he said because uh, that's a whole other story about blocking on Twitter and other things. But anyways... Uh, this particular historian was on a video that was talking about this part of the 13th Amendment. The 13th Amendment's legacy did not end slavery. You see, so they can't celebrate the 13th Amendment. And I'm going to go back. This is, as I said, 2018. Time Magazine. What Kanye West got right and wrong about the 13th Amendment, according to historians. So here we go. Historians now are saying, well, you know... Uh, Kanye West is not actually right about the see because Kanye, Kanye West put out a a tweet saying we need to abolish the Thirteenth Amendment. So let me read this article by Olivia Waxman. This is October second, seven. Uh, I'm sorry, two thousand eighteen. Kanye West has once again gotten himself in hot water with his views on American history. But while his take on the past can be perplexing, his recent statements offer a window into a real historical and political debate. The rapper, who now is going by the shortened name Yee, has tended to oversimplify things, at the very least, when he's tweeted about the history of race in America. As historians have previously told Time, his tweets about slavery being a choice overlooked important evidence to the contrary, and his tweets suggesting that African Americans should be Republicans because President Lincoln was one missed the way that party politics realigned on the issue of civil rights long after the Civil War ended. Now, I've made a podcast where I said that Republican Party really hasn't changed. You can say it can people that are in it. Maybe there's some different people, but the Republican Party is the same. It always has been. It's the nationalist, sort of, leftist party in America. It's what it's always been. At one time, it was a leftist party of America. Now, it's the sort of leftist party in America. On Sunday, West tweets shared along with a photo of him wearing a Make America Great Again baseball cap and a luxurious aircraft cabin turned once again to the period of the 19th century U.S. history. First, he called for the ab uh, abolishment, I'm sorry, of the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. In a follow-up tweet, he walked that statement back to calling to amend the amendment, a position he clarified during an appearance on TMZ Live on Monday afternoon, saying that he misspoke when he used the word abolish. West's tweets seem straightforwardly paradoxical, as the 13th Amendment, which was ratified December 6, 1865, abolished slavery in the United States. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, 
shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction, it reads. Along with the 14th Amendment and 15th, it was part of the group of Reconstruction Amendments that helped determine how the United States would function after the end of the Civil War. Abolishing the 13th Amendment would eliminate constitutional safeguards against slavery, a fact that prompted widespread backlash to West's initial tweet, including from his fellow celebrities. But West is not the first to see the amendment as problematic. Here's where we, here's where we get the meat in all this. Hmm. Wait a second here. So we can't really celebrate the 13th Amendment because in 2018, 2018, we have the left saying, well, the amendment is problematic. This is a term that I always laugh at with the left. Disturbed is the other. This is a disturbing, problematic uh, situation. It's problematic and very disturbing. Uh, sounds good, right? It's disturbing, problematic. The main source of contention was the 13th Amendment with the 13th Amendment is the well-known loophole that suggests that it's legal to enslave convicts. Such a clause excluding convicted criminals is a customary exception dating back to the English common law, explains Manisha Sinha, author of The Slave's Cause, A History of Abolition. But the 13th Amendment's vision of that idea has often historically been applied in a way that undermines the amendment's stated purpose. So here is Sinha, who, by the way, is one of the big names that they go to on the left to talk about slavery. I mean, this, she is uh, the, the go-to. So here is Sinha in 2018 saying, well, we can't really celebrate the 13th Amendment, can we? Because, well, the way they use that is problematic. It undermines the amendment's purpose. State and local authorities in charge of enforcing it, specifically white Southerners in the years after the war, tried to get around the amendment by locking up black people on trumped-up charges and using their labor for free, she tells Time in an email. Through a system known as convict leasing, convicts would be leased out to plantation owners to do hard labor, such as rebuilding infrastructure destroyed during the Civil War. Well, um, this, that is the Union Army not doing that in 1863, right? I mean, this is the <laughs> see, this is the question you have to answer. Of course they were. They're doing the exact same thing, except they weren't arresting people. They were just saying, this is what you're going to do. In other words, the loophole proved to be a way to keep the system of unpaid labor alive, or as West put it to TMZ on Monday, quoting a friend of his, in order to make a free man a slave, all you have to do is convict him of a crime. This wasn't what the amendment's framers intended, adds Daryl Scott, a professor of history at Howard University. After all, the men who wrote the 13th Amendment were union men, not slave owners, and this constitutional charge, I'm sorry, change was a way to codify the very thing for which they just fought a devastating war. Well, n not really. I mean, we... We know Lincoln didn't say that's what the war was about. But see, here again, we're trying to codify this righteous cause myth, which is just simply false. They weren't all abolitionists, but as they won the war, they knew slavery was over, he says. They were not trying to reestablish the institution. Well, I do agree with that. I mean, people recognize that well, slavery is going to die because of the end of the war. They did recognize that. The historians who spoke to Time say the wording, though, it might have seemed innocuous to those who put it in the Constitution, was abused. Many state and local legislatures in the South used the loophole to, as a way to allow the exploitation of labor and to reinforce racist social structures. And though the system itself was not expansive in terms of the number of people involved, Scott says the threat of it hung over society. Different laws were established specifically to convict African Americans for offenses as small as loitering or not having proof of employment. These laws were abolished during Reconstruction, but then they got recreated in different forms in the Jim Crow era. 
says Chad Williams, professor of history and African-American studies at Brandeis University. The conflict leasing system did eventually come to an end by about the 1920s, in part due to the construction of new prisons. Those prisons, prisoners who might have been sent out to work were increasingly kept in facilities, and their numbers began to rise in the North as well as the South. You see the explosion in the prison population taking place really in the middle of the 1960s, in the middle of the Johnson administration. One of the great ironies is that that Elizabeth Hinton writes about, Williams adds. An, increasing, an increased focus on law and order begins with LBJ, who throws more federal resources into policing to address problems of urban unrest, the race rise, more federal surveillance of black communities. Now, I'm going to get into this whole subject as well later in this week because I've got, I mean, we got some really loaded stuff this week, and we'll talk about the flag, right, because this is going to get into that. Some experts and advocates, most notably in recent years, and Ava DuVarney's 2016 documentary, 13th, and research by Michelle Alexander off of the 2010 book, The New Jim Crow, have thus argued that the loophole laid the groundwork for mass incarceration and the disproportionate imprisonment of African Americans and Latinos that is still a problem today. Some have argued that keeping convicted felons from participating in society, for example, by disenfranchising them and making it harder for them to find housing and jobs, is a form of modern slavery. In fact, the national prison strike that took place this August and September was in part aimed at ending what organizers called modern-day slavery in the form of forcing prisoners to labor for little wages and all. So this is the question. This, okay, wait. If slavery ended on June 19, 1865, why are we talking about slavery now? Well, because this problematic 13th Amendment. So see, this is all about picking a day that could work for the woke, critical race theory situation. It's oppressors and oppressed. We had oppressors and oppressed. Oppression ended. June 19, 1865. But it didn't because slave auctions still considered, continued in Kentucky until November of 1865. And uh, we still have this other situation. But you can't celebrate the 13th Amendment because you have this documentary, 13th, which is anti-13 Amendment, right? I mean, it shows that the 13th Amendment, we can't celebrate the 13th Amendment as the end of slavery. So we have to pick this arbitrary day. You see, the left has worked themselves into corners they can't get out of historically because their entire agenda is historically inaccurate. Scholars like Williams and Scott say that it will take more than nixing the controversial loophole clause from the 13th Amendment to fix the issues that Conway West is talking about. There are ongoing debates among historians about whether the 13th Amendment was the cause for mass incarceration or if that would have happened regardless, Williams says. For example... If that loophole was eliminated today, would we see less policing of black communities? Would we see fewer discrepancies in how African Americans are sentenced for various crimes compared to white people convicted of the same serious crimes? I think those things would still exist. Fixing the 13th Amendment loophole will address one aspect of a broader system of criminalization that really infects every aspect of American society. It's a much bigger problem than just the 13th Amendment. Mass incarceration is a late 20th century problem, and we act like it's born with emancipation, says Scott. If you start thinking with the 13th Amendment, you might end up without one. Start tinkering with the 13th Amendment. You might end up. So uh, here's the thing. I mean, the 13th Amendment, according to the left, is really a big, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a problem. It led to all the problems we have today. So you can't celebrate the 13th Amendment. You've got to celebrate something else that's historically inaccurate. You've got to celebrate a time when slavery really wasn't ended in America, and you got to celebrate a narrative that really wasn't true according to the historical record. So what do you have left? This is where people are saying this is all just, we should come up with something else. Or recognize that if you want to say that we have symbols and events to end slavery, well, then there's Independence Day already. 
or something like that. But calling it National Independence Day is a confusing term. Calling it Emancipation Day would have been better, but it wasn't really Emancipation Day because we still had slavery in America, in the United States, according to the left, until the 20th century. 21st century, we still have it. So you can't say we've ended slavery because we didn't end slavery. So what's the point? I mean, are you going to be that leftist or are you going to be the leftist saying, I mean, they have to pick a lane and they can't seem to pick which one they want it. They can't seem to choose which lane are they going to get. Slavery still exists or slavery doesn't exist. Slavery ended with the 13th Amendment or slavery ended with the Emancipation Proclamation or slavery didn't end with the Emancipation Proclamation or even in 1865, June, but we need to have a day. And so this works because other states have recognized this as a day. And so we're just going to come up with something. I mean, this is all confusing nonsense. I would say if you want to have an Emancipation Day, then pick the 13th Amendment because clearly it ended slavery in the United States. At least the type of slavery that we're talking about with Juneteenth. Now, if you want to say that there are structural problems in that loophole that allowed for convict leasing and other things, we could have a conversation about that. Did those things go on? Well, certainly. I mean, is there is there enough evidence that this was done on where you're arresting people for nothing? And there, I mean, people, historians are saying this existed, but is that really the same thing? So is the policing problem. I mean, we get into this issue, you know, policing problem and inner cities and other things. Or are we just stretching it by saying this is just a modern form of slavery? Is that just another way to push critical race theory? I mean, these are all questions that have to be asked and then answered. But certainly saying Juneteenth is the day that slavery ended was a bad historical take. I mean, from the beginning. And again, this is why many on the left started walking it back. They had to walk it back. They couldn't continue with that narrative. Now, Rachel Maddow has because she's a moron. But they really couldn't continue with this narrative because anyone with a brain who could go out, wait, wait a second here, slavery didn't end on June 19th, 1865. We're, if we're celebrating the end of slavery, let's pick a day. I mean, it's like saying, let's celebrate Independence Day for America on um, uh, August 22nd because uh, I think it's August 22nd when all the men signed, the, the by that point, when they all signed the Declaration. So we should celebrate it August 22nd. Or, or we're saying, you know, that's that's when we should that's when we should celebrate. But July fourth, or I mean, Adams thought it would be July second. That's the day the boat was taken. But you know, Hancock signs July fourth. We've got the thing, we've got the Declaration now printed out. So we, it's not arbitrary. That's the day the United States became the states became independent de facto, as well as de jure. So that's what we're doing here. We're celebrating a day that's not arbitrary. This is what you're supposed to do. You know, you pick somebody's birthday is this day. Uh, this is a day that you know we celebrate because of some event that had a meaningful impact, a long-lasting impact. June 19th was not that. But the other problem, of course, with celebrating December, it would be that it runs into the Christmas season, so then the holiday might get lost. If you celebrate June, uh, sorry, December 18th, well, then that's only a week from, from Christmas. If you celebrate December 6th, that's going to run into December 7th which, of course, is, uh, you know, Pearl Harbor. So, I mean, we run into that. Uh, You know, there's already a historical day on December 7th. So, I mean, what do we do here? So you have to pick something. And when I get into the other issue, one is the flag. We're going to talk about the U.S. flag this week and a proposal to get rid of it. This stuff is coming, right? I mean, this the whole agenda here is to tear down everything traditional and to create a new narrative of American history. 
by doing this, by saying June 19th is the day slavery ended in America, you're creating a whole new narrative of American history. You're changing, you're codifying this idea of the righteous cause, and it's all historically inaccurate. And that's the real problem. Look, have an Emancipation Day. That's a great thing. Let's celebrate the end of slavery. Uh, and let's talk about liberty, and let's talk about all forms of slavery, and let's look at that, right? Let's celebrate liberty in America. That's a wonderful thing. Doing it this way, though, with historical inaccuracies was a knee-jerk reaction. Now, again, Trump proposed this as well. Uh, I didn't say this, but Trump proposed making Juneteenth a national holiday. If it had happened during the Trump administration, I'm not so certain the left would have been so gleeful over it or jumping up and down and slapping each other on the back because that would have been something that Trump did, right? And so that would have been uh, just a disaster for them. So I think the Democrats would have blocked it. Had Trump proposed this and had the Republicans propose it in the Congress when Trump was president, um, I think it would have been blocked. Almost immediately, it would have gone nowhere. The Democrats wouldn't have accepted it because of, well, it's not really the end of slavery. We got to celebrate. They would have come up with some reason for it, but because Biden's there and the Democrats control Congress, this was a this was a a um, easy victory for them. Right? I mean, it's this is a victory over the bad Republican guys that didn't have had problems with it, but it's a disaster historically. So. There's my position on it. Again, have an Emancipation Day. Let's celebrate the end of slavery. Let's do that. I think that's a great thing for America and for liberty. Let's talk about real liberty in America. But then, on the other hand, let's do it right, and let's do it on a day that matters, uh, and historically matters for that event, which would be the ratification of the 13th Amendment. Um, we just didn't do that. Okay. I'll see you next time on The Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.